Harris. This is the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do these a couple of times a week. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. You can also join me for my live show five days a week, 9 a.m. to noon on AM 670 KMZQ. If you forget all that, you can also check out HeidiHarris.com, where my books are up there, blog posts, obviously podcast archives, and there's a link to listen live to the show from anywhere at HeidiHarris.com. Dr. Kelly Victory joined me again this week to talk about hashtag facts, not fear. We discussed Dr. Fauci's recent comments to Chuck Todd from NBC, actually asking a good question. Why do people who've been vaccinated still have to wear masks? And Dr. Kelly Victory's answer was kind of what I expected, but I'd like to provide you with all the information. Here's my chat with Dr. Kelly Victory. You wake up. She opens your eyes. The Heidi Harris Show. On AM 670 KMZQ. Good morning. I look forward every Monday to speaking with Dr. Kelly Victory, who provides us hashtag facts, not fear. She's president of Victory Health, disaster preparedness and response training. She's a consultant for medical devices and healthcare service delivery, all kinds of a huge resume. Always thrilled to talk to her. Dr. Kelly Victory, welcome back to the Heidi Harris Show. Hey, thanks, Heidi, and happy Monday to you. Yeah, happy Monday to you, too. Now, I'm sure you heard this over the weekend, but just in case you didn't, this is crazy land. (laughs) This is is crazy land. You've got uh, Dr. Fauci was asked a question by actually, believe it or not, our brilliant Chuck Todd, who finally asked a decent question, I guess. And I wanted to share it with you and get your reaction live. I'm sure you heard it. But this guy apparently wants us to wear masks forever. Here's how it went with Chuck Todd, who asked a good question finally of Dr. Fauci. Does a vaccinated person have to wear a mask? Okay. This is something that as we get more information, it's going to be pulling back that you won't have to. But currently the reason is that when you get vaccinated, you are clearly diminishing dramatically your risk of getting infected. That's one of the things we've got to make sure everybody understands. You dramatically diminish it. However, what happens is that you might get infected and get absolutely no symptoms, not know you're infected. Okay, okay. Dr. Kelly, I'm so frustrated with this guy. What's your reaction to this? Well, honestly, Heidi, this defies everything that we know about vaccinations, about immunity, about disease processes. And I think Americans are starting to really um, focus in on this and calling out the hypocrisy. I've been in medicine for a lot of years. I am very, very pro-vaccine. But one of the reasons I am pro-vaccine is because we know that vaccines, once they are tested and are safe, do a tremendous job at being able to eliminate the chance that somebody gets a particular disease or spreads it. No vaccine is 100% effective. But the reality is that we have never treated vaccinations in this way. I went to the CDC's own website uh, this morning and read from there. They've got a tab there called Vaccines, the Basics. This is all pre-COVID. Vaccines, the basics. Their definition of a vaccine is, quote, a product that stimulates a person's immune system to produce immunity to a specific disease, protecting the person from the disease. That was in 2012. 2018, (laughs) they define a vaccine as a vaccine stimulates your immune system to produce antibodies exactly as it would if you were exposed to the disease. After getting vaccinated, you develop immunity to that disease without having to get the disease first. 
That's 2018. So although we know that no vaccine is 100% effective, we have never in the history of vaccines gone out and told somebody, once you get the shot, you still actually could get it. And furthermore, more preposterous, might have it and not know it. Might have the disease, not know it, and inadvertently spread it to others. This is made up science. It is not true. And honestly, Dr. Fauci really should be held accountable for uh, continuing to promote this bogus science. Yeah, it is ridiculous. I mean, we heard so much about asymptomatic spread really since day one. I don't know anybody who's had a, who's had no symptoms at all. People who've tested positive. That's why they've gone and gotten a test because they've had at least some symptoms, maybe not as severe as mine were, but they've had something. Do you really think it's possible that people could have zero symptoms at all and spread this? No, I don't. And I think, frankly, the fallacy of asymptomatic spread has been one of the things that has driven this pandemic down the very bad course that it's gone. While we know that the virus is very real, Heidi, we know that there clearly are people who have become significantly ill from it and people who have died from it. The concept of asymptomatic spread simply is not borne out in the data. And we've known for decades and decades, based on uh, reams of experience with other respiratory viruses, that that doesn't happen. For example, we've never been concerned that people are asymptomatically spreading, I don't know, measles, mm-hmm. chicken pox. I mean, it, we, we've, we've never said you might have no symptoms of chicken pox, but lo and behold, you might actually be out there spreading it to others. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's a concept that is, as I said, not borne out in the science. And more and more studies have actually looked with COVID specifically at whether or not there is this idea of asymptomatic spread. And lo and behold, study after study, including a recent one with tens of thousands of people out of Iran, again said, nope, doesn't happen. Asymptomatic spread does not happen. Unbelievable. We're speaking with Dr. Kelly Victory. It's Medical Monday here on the Heidi Harris Show. You know, another thing, back when, probably a little bit before my time, but I've certainly heard of them, chickenpox parties. You know, you get all the kids together, the theory being they all get it, they get past it, they have immunity. How have we gone from chickenpox parties to this idea that you have to get a vaccine for something you've already had? And I've heard about terrible problems that people have after they have the vaccine when they've already got the antibodies. Talk a little bit about that. Well, that's one of the groups that I have the greatest concern about, Heidi, people who've already had COVID-19 and then go on to be vaccinated. Again, to be clear, the current vaccinations being used in this country, Moderna and Pfizer and and up until a week ago, Johnson & Johnson, none of them are FDA approved. They are all being used only under an emergency use authorization. So the adequate testing and rigorous testing required to get full FDA approval simply hasn't been done. And one of the large groups that haven't been, hasn't been fully tested are those people like you, like me, like many millions of Americans who already had COVID, recovered from it, and therefore have existing antibodies or T-cell immunity. We don't know what is going to happen to those people when they get vaccinated. And people need to be aware that vaccination and the potential for adverse events don't necessarily uh, reveal themselves right after you get the shot. 
yes, there are those people who have a bad reaction in the minutes, hours, days, or weeks following vaccination, but there are many, many events that may not happen until months or years from now, particularly when it comes to potential uh, autoimmune diseases that people may develop after they've been vaccinated. So it's those folks who have existing antibodies that I have real concern for because they were not included in the limited testing that was done before these vaccines were launched onto the public. Yeah, we're speaking with Dr. Kelly Victory. It's Medical Monday here on the Heidi Harris Show. Yeah, it's very concerning and some of the long-term effects they've, they some doctors have talked about with people's lungs and other things, autoimmune responses and things like this when you've already had the vaccines. Pretty scary. Now I'm hearing that women of childbearing age are having a lot of problems with bleeding at odd times and things like that as a result of these vaccines. What are you hearing about that? Well, there's there's no question that these vaccines seem like COVID. Um, it seemed to have an impact on the bleeding and clotting system in certain people. Um, we've seen many, many reports of people with uh, heavy menses following um, getting vaccinated or changes with their menstrual cycles. Uh, in addition to that, as you as you undoubtedly know, we've had uh, quite an alarming number of people with uh, unusual clotting events following all of the vaccines, not just J&J, which has been put in the penalty box uh, for the time being as a result of uh, the number of people who had this very rare type of blood clot. Uh, but we've seen people even with Pfizer and Moderna have issues with bleeding and blood clots. Um, so there's, there's no question in my mind that this needs to be further investigated. One of the things I think people don't uh, fully understand is that the immune system, in my mind, is the last great frontier of human medicine. It is highly complex, and there is so much that we don't understand about it. And when you start uh, talking about vaccinations and the ability to modify and modulate the human uh, immune system, we just need to tread very, very carefully. Uh, vaccinations have been one of the greatest boons to public health of our time, um, but the vaccines need to be fully vetted and tested and understood before we start on these mass vaccination projects because we simply do not have a good idea what the long-term impacts might be. If you take someone like yourself, for example, who had a relatively rough case of COVID, and therefore undoubtedly mounted a good and very vigorous immune response. If you were to get vaccinated, you might be fine right now. We don't know what will happen when you get exposed to COVID-19 again in the future, uh, and that whether or not your immune system might overreact because you already had existing antibodies, then you got vaccinated, and we don't know precisely what your response would be. Normally, those sorts of things would be fully tested during the FDA approval process. These vaccines, um, unfortunately, have not gone through that rigorous testing yet. That's pretty scary. Now, you talked about Johnson & Johnson and the fact that the clotting is not just with Johnson & Johnson. Do you think the Johnson & Johnson thing's political, them putting them in a timeout, that those who don't like the competition wanted to shut them down? I don't think that. I think really it's that because similar rare blood clots uh, all blood clots are not created equal. Um, they are all serious, but uh, the types of blood clots that were happening with Johnson & Johnson were similar to ones that had been seen with the AstraZeneca vaccine. Uh, and both Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca use a common 
uh, platform for the vaccine technology. They aren't the mRNA technology. They both use the adenovirus technology. And AstraZeneca had seen some of these very, very serious blood clots developing in the brain. Um, most when people hear blood clots, usually they think about the type that you might develop in your calf from sitting for a prolonged period of time. And while those, in fact, are very serious, they are nothing like the ones that occur in the uh, venous sinus in the brain, which is, uh, frankly, it's a form of a stroke. It is a very, very serious type of blood clot. Uh, and furthermore, they are very difficult to treat because unlike clots you develop in your calf, for example, you can't just put the person on a blood thinner and hope it goes away. Uh, that can cause, take a serious blood clot in the brain and turn it into a devastating stroke where the person actually bleeds into their brain. So I don't think it was political with J&J. I think that it, they pulled it for a good reason um, or put it in a timeout, as I said, uh, similar to AstraZeneca. But so much more testing, Heidi, needs to be done on these vaccines, in my mind, before they are ready for prime time. Yeah, that's really what it comes down to. Dr. Kelly Victory, always great information. Thanks for joining us every Medical Monday. You can follow her on Twitter at Dr. Kelly Victory, hashtag facts, not fear. Thank you so much for always making time for my audience because I know they have a lot of questions. And have a fabulous week. Happy to do it. You too. Thank you. Every week, she's kind enough to spend time with my audience and give them the best possible information. You can follow her on Twitter at Dr. Kelly Victory. I'm Heidi Harris. Don't forget to join me for my live show every weekday, 9 a.m. to noon on 670 a.m. KMZQ. And if you forget all that, go to HeidiHarris.com. Until we meet again, remember, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scottwell. Scottwell.